What's up, guys? Thanks again for joining us. We are Even More About Nothing Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Rafiki. And I am the back from the missing. I've been gone for a while, but I'm back now. Guess who's Bizak? I'm Mookie. It's been a while, guys. How you been? You guys did a whole episode without me. How was it? I was really good. Jimmy held his own. Jimmy held his own. Jimmy, yeah, he really Jimmy, did. Jimmy really held good. his own. That boy is an encyclopedia for Destiny. Man. That he... boy... That boy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he actually read? What? Yeah, yeah Jimmy, Jimmy. He knows the lore. He knows the lore. Yeah. Uh, but uh, like I promised, John and Brian are back. Whoop, whoop. Yes. It was, it was a little mishap in scheduling, but we got him in. We got to do it, and hopefully we'll get back on track. But uh, say hello, guys. All right. Uh, hi, I'm Brian again. This is what? Fourth time I've been on, yes, I think. Yeah, sounds about right. So, so far, only tagging along when John comes, but <laughs> you know. But you're here. Yep. You're here. here. That's what matters. Hey, folks, it's John again. Sorry I threw off all your math figurings for when I would show up again. Uh, like God had said, there's just some scheduling stuff that happened. Wasn't able to make it last time. Uh, made it in today. We're recording. Happy to be here. Um, just fun as always. Uh, you can do the math for how many times I've been here. So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, real quick, um, I'm going to give a shout-out to my boy Baraka. He came in clutch. The new intro that you're hearing at the beginning is the new intro for the podcast. Uh, he, he created one for us, and it's it's real, real nice. Hope you guys like it. We enjoy it. I loved it, uh, Mookie. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like the, I like the, the kind of like news clippings in the back. Oh, it was like three, two, two one. one. I was like, oh. I like that. <laughs> we sound professional. The budget going up. Not really. Not, not the budget is. But he came in. Clock, the funny thing is, the day before I got that, because obviously you remember I had that conversation with him, and then he left and whatnot. But Timothy and I were talking about it because I also had. You know, ask Timothy to see if he could do something, and we were talking about it. It'd be he's like, it'd be cool to have like some sort of like arcadeish maybe Game Boy slash vibe in this thing with a little underlying hip hop going on. And what does Baraka send? He sends almost exactly what we were talking about. Like the very next day, I drew, I ha- I put down my phone and walked away because I was like, this can't happen. This did not happen. So yeah, boy knows what he's doing. Shout out to Baraka. Appreciate the love. Appreciate you showing out and helping this podcast out. Um, but yeah, we got a lot to talk about. So uh, we, yeah, let's get into it. We uh, talked about a chunk of E3 last week. We talked about uh, Bethesda and we talked about EA. Now I, we're mostly going to cover. I mean, we can go back and touch those things if you want to, Mookie. But we got what? Sony, Sony Microsoft, Microsoft Ubi, Nintendo, 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 and then Ubi. And happy birthday to Ubi. Ubi's thirty. Yeah, they did it. Like, okay, the show was a little weird. Let's all right, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just go. We'll just go right into the topic of the show. Uh, real quick, before we get started, for those of you guys that watched, um, who would you say won E three? Because uh, last year it was easy. It was Bethesda. It was easy. Bethesda. 
Now, this year, I feel like it's a lot closer among everything. But to me, there's two that stand out. It was Microsoft and Sony. And I'll give my explanation for a little bit. But who do you guys think won? I mean, I didn't... Like I was saying earlier, I've seen some trailers. I've seen some announcements, uh, pictures, talk of stuff. I didn't, like, sit and watch through the presentations and stuff. It kind of snuck up on me that E3 was happening until it was already happening. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, yeah, E3 coverage. And it's it's just been a very hectic couple of weeks. So, yeah, I haven't really been able to keep up. Yeah, with this year was one of the weirdest on. years because it was like, instead of like, hey, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, E3, it's like Saturday, Sunday, Sunday Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So, yeah, it's been a, it's like a literally five days of coverage. So I don't blame you for not catching everything. Yeah. Um, so you I'm catching kind of looking over no. what they've got. No. We we actually moved the weekend before. Oh man, so you guys have been super busy. Yeah, we've, we've and been a- it's just been insane at work for me. This was with the way my work works. We hit like right at the end of a development cycle, so it's switching things over and this and that. And man, it it you know in the animes when people are running around, their arms in the air and screaming, and there's maybe tear streams flying. That was about one step below that was where we were. Nice. the last week. So. Nice. Um, so, yeah, you go ahead. Because I feel like I know what you're going to say, and I feel like we're on opposing sides of this. Uh, okay. My two choices, <coughs> for me personally, that really, really kind of, you know, stole it from me, Bethesda and Sony. But I would have to give that slight edge to Sony. Sony didn't do much talking. They just showed their games, and then they were out. And I was like, hmm, everything you put out for me right now is very, very appealing. God of War was super appealing. I'm not even a God of War person. And I was like, I might buy this game. Honestly, yeah, that was one of the best parts of the entire weekend was the whole God of War reveal. And it had been leaked that God of War was coming, but it was not like to this extent. Yeah, and people were like, thinking like God of War 4. Was yeah, and it looks and at, like from it is canonical, but it's also technically a reboot. And what yeah, people have to realize is Kratos is technically a god slash demigod thing. So there's a amount of time that has passed, but we're not exactly sure how much time has passed. And since he's a demigod, we're not sure the lineage of the mother of the child, but the child also falls within demigod status. If you guys know... I mean, that would follow from his dad being one, yes. Yeah, so... Um, if you guys follow, read, if you've ever read the Odyssey or been in a mythology class or watched Hercules, you kind of basically know what I'm talking about, um, cause we'll just end that right there. But, uh, the child is not a playable character, but he's a system within the game. There's like a child button. <laughs> like, right. I was seeing something about that. Yeah. Um, right. I did actually watch that trailer. I mean, that was cool, a cool gameplay trailer. It had... Okay, so I have to preface this with not having directly played any of the other God of War games, but I've seen plenty of gameplay and such. But watching that gameplay, it definitely made me think of stuff beyond just God of War. Absolutely. Felt a lot like Dragon Age to me. Yeah, Dragon Age-y, uh, the Dr- Last of Us thing. Was more, uh, I would was say Last of Us falls more underneath Days Gone. Because Days Gone was... Well, weird. there was that, too. Yeah. yeah Days Gone felt uh, much more like Last of Us, but I felt like there were some hints of Last of Us within God of War. But, I mean, I liked how, uh, you know, Kratos... 
I don't, I don't feel like it's really a spoiler. The trailer's out there. It's not like it's a huge story thing, but he has that axe, mm-hmm. and it's like it seems like he still has quick attacks. But they kind of play off the fact that instead of having, like, two arm-mounted weapons, he's just got the one thing, which I thought that was an interesting choice. Yeah, and then again... Departing from his, quote-unquote, typical, so it's like, is he going to end up with that? Yeah, he's going to end up with more weapons, and uh, there was a point in the trailer where it said Spartan Rage. For a second, I almost expected his old Spartan armor would just come falling from the skies and he'd enter into this mad rage mode and just kill everything inside. He still kills everything inside, but, you know, just more... There wasn't like, armor falling Yeah, that was not, it was more like just inner rage building, and it seems like there's a rage meter that allows that to get to that point. It, it seemed like it was, yeah. yeah it was, the screen was to very... It. Like, it, there was little to no discernible HUD. UI. Yeah, yeah there wasn't no, much of a there UI was or HUD. None. Um, now, that could be something that they've done for the t- purposes of a trailer, an E3 presentation, that it, they clean up the UI, they make the, the HUD invisible, um, or is this just how the game is going to look? Um, which I, I, I felt a lot of that was happening this year. A lot of people are getting away from the UI cluttered Call of Duty style to where you just get the screen uh, a la Witcher 3, a la Dragon Age, where you can make these things invisible or contextual so like if you're just walking in the world they're not there but once you begin battle a meter will pop up so you know what's going on i would say just from the perspective of a player that would be i think the best way to do it either something that can be toggled either i would say have all have like the full range of on all the time context sensitive on or off i mean if you can turn it on or off Making it context sensitive makes sense. Yeah, and I that's the way I usually like to play games. Um, like after I've played a game once or twice, I'll turn the UI off because I know the thing. Like I found the best way to play The Witcher Three, and this is a basic recommendation from a guy listening to an IGN, Max Scoville, is to turn the mini map off because it makes you pay attention to the world. And th- Again, we're going to move on from The Witcher 3 because that game is like a year plus right. old. The DLC came out. It's fantastic. That story is over for now. Um, but they do an amazing job of telling you, hey, this is the group that you're chasing. And you find the little nest and you read the book and you read the because it's, it's a mature RPG. You read and it says, oh, we settled camp northeast of the farm right behind the old mill. The old mill is in front of you. You just kind of have to find your way and like... It's very, very, very smart. Like, the sun will function the way a real sun is supposed to function. I mean, it's obviously minute-based and hour-based, but, like, if you pay attention to that game, you never have to look at a minimap. You never have to look at a minimap. And that's an amazing way to play it, so that way you actually focus on the world and you just get more out of the games. Getting back to E3, if more games go in that direction, that's only a good thing. Yeah, Um, I would agree. Yeah, if we could get away from the minimap, and Fable 3 did this a little bit, I know Fallout did it a little bit. Um, we get maybe to like breadcrumb that's contextual. So like if you get lost, you hit a button and a breadcrumb trail appears. Or the VAT system in Fallout, there's a thing you can invest in. And if you get lost, you hit your VATs and a little trail will appear that says, hey, this is the direction you're supposed to go to. But the reason I want games to get away from that is because it gives you an opportunity to explore and the more you explore the more you learn about the world and i feel that forces not forces but encourages developers to build out their worlds from that they're not these empty landscapes that are just 
barren. So there's but, not just like a rail of stuff. Exactly, and, then and then everything just else empty is just with a couple random encounters. Yeah, foliage. Yeah, basically. Um, another great game that did that was Red Dead Redemption, mm. which did not show any signs of Red Dead Two at all. Nothing. No. Not even. I was I was a little disappointed, but I was okay. Not with that. even. Not even remotely mm. close. Nothing. I mean, they put out stuff for like GTA. Five online and literally the entire week they just kept talking about hey GTA Five online has this new update, this new update, this new update. Um, but yeah, my opinion is I actually have to give the slight edge, and I mean by a razor's edge, I have to give the entire conference to Microsoft, and this is why I'll say that Sony put on a show. They put on a show that is going to be replicated for years to come or should be because they had the live orchestra during the got every single demo that orchestra was it was nice the music was live they was it was live music the whole time which is just amazing and it came out I was like we're Sony and these are our games bang 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 game and walked they, out crash bandicoot coming yeah walked out <laughs> I was yeah. like what I, mean, like, I think I spent no more than a, a 35 34 48 seconds on Hey, this is PlayStation VR. It's coming out this date for this thing, and these are some experiences you're gonna have on it. Fifty games come with it. Yeah, Batman VR, automatic, um, Battlefront. Um, yeah, oh yeah. Is yeah, the best Battlefield? No, no Battlefront. Battlefront. Star Wars yeah, Battlefront. Star Wars Battlefront. Star Wars Battlefront. Battle Space Battles is gonna uh, be VR. Final Fantasy. Final 15. Fantasy 15, which I heard is really, really smart. It's kind of an experience that's outside of the game. But it's not in the full, like, incorporated into the game. But what I've seen and read says it's a, it's a smart way of doing it because you basically beat a monster and you get in a car and you just get to live in the world of Final Fantasy XV, which sounds spectacular, if I do say so myself. But getting back to why I feel Microsoft gets the slight edge on Sony. Um, I feel like Sony had... I don't want to say better, but bigger announcements, but it wasn't anything we didn't already know. The same thing with Microsoft. There was a lot of things that they said and did that we already know about, but it's the way they handled the conference. We had Phil Spencer out there. He came up. He was like, we're about our gamers. We're about our business, and this is how we're, this is how we're winning the hearts and minds of gamers. This is, how we're, this is how we're pushing innovation in the industry. And it came out, and it showed Gears of War, and I have been... I have been less than lukewarm. I'm like ice cold on Gears 4 because Gears 3 just kind of let me down. I, I walked away from Judgment. I didn't even touch it. I was like, keep that nonsense away from me. I stayed away from the remakes and all that other nonsense. But Gears 4, holy cow, that game looks great. And it wasn't just a demo. It was a live demo. There was a guy on stage yeah, playing right. that game with controller. In really? Yeah, yeah nice. that was a live, live demo. demo. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched the video. I... Yeah, watch yeah, and there's sometimes where like they fake it's a live demo. This was a live demo because there was a point where he almost died. And that's how when you know it's a real live demo. <laughs> when the guys who are making the game almost died demoing their own game, yeah, it's a live demo. Because sometimes it's like it's a pre-rendered demo and they have a guy with the controller on there. One year who's they, like faking that he's the moving. controller wasn't even on one year, and I was like, come on, guys, at least turn the controller on. Um, <laughs> at least or, try. Yeah, or the or the controllers. Mashed to a PC. This was like there was an Xbox on stage. The guy picked the controller up and they started playing it. Yes, it was a demo that's cut out and it's put on a special Xbox, but this was a live demo and it was 
fantastic. That game looks good, and I'm actually excited for Gears again. And at the end of it, boom, yes. old man Marcus. Oh, so up? good. Oh, so good. I was like, that's exactly what I want to see. So that kind of won me over. Scalebound, I'm still excited for. That demo was muddy. That was not a great demo, but I'm still excited for the core game. The worst part about Microsoft was that Minecraft demo that I think seven people cared about. That was the worst part. And that's why I say most people think Sony won, because Sony didn't have a law at all. They didn't. There wasn't a single moment of that Sony conference that was boring besides maybe when they were talking about Lego Star Wars. And I, some people cared about that. But this, I do. The whole I, Minecraft I, thing. I have the demo. Yeah, the whole Minecraft <laughs> thing was just like, this is not well coordinated, but they, they, they had that little stumble, and then they came back. And here is where I feel like they won. They came out, they announced the improvements to mm-hmm. Xbox yeah, that Live. That banter for Minecraft was terrible. Damn, garbage. It was they need, terrible. They need to go get some new personalities because the chick was bad last year. And then they added this guy who was even more awkward and it was worse. I don't know how you get bad. Here you go from bad to worse, but they need to just hire actors next time, please. It's the e, e. Anyway. Microsoft comes out and say, hey, we're making some improvements to Xbox Live, background music. None of that is groundbreaking, except for Xbox Live Play Anywhere. So now, if you buy a game on the Xbox system, you actually get it on the Windows 10 PC. Now that is an improvement, because not only do you know, not from now on, not only do you get like the streaming capabilities where you can stream your Xbox to a PC, now you actually own the game on your PC. And for a guy like me who just built a dope PC, that kind of makes me want to buy my games digitally on Xbox One, because yeah. I'll get a free copy on the PC. If I buy a digital on my PS4, I have it forever on my PS4. On my PS4. Now, if I buy games digitally on my Xbox One, I get them on my Xbox One and my PC. But not only that, it's a it's they're doing this new push called um, cross generation, cross platform. They're treating these new iterations on their consoles like new platforms, but they're treating the uh, the OS as a continual thing, much similar to what Apple's doing with OS Ten and um, OS. All they, they changed OS. X to Mac OS, so everything yeah. is continual now. So you have the 5S, I have the 6S no, Plus. I, I have a 5SC. You have the 5SC? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Whatever. I have the yeah, 6S Plus. The OS functions across everything. If I buy something on my phone, it's going to be on my phone forever. Same thing with them. With digital game purchases, if I buy it on my Xbox One, it's going to be on my PC. This fall in August, when I buy an Xbox One Slim, it's automatically going to be there. And next winter, when I buy an Xbox One Scorpio, yes, I said that, I'm actually getting both, because that Slim is sexy, and that <laughs> Scorpio is a beast. I'm going to get into that in a second. But the um, just the knowledge, the knowing that I have the vision digitally on my Xbox One, as soon as I plug in my Xbox S in August, that game is just gonna pop up because I got it already. Yeah, that's. that's I think huge. that's what was needed, or that's something that's needed in the the, the console the game space. Yeah. The console space needs it. The PC space has it to some way. I'm still mad at Steam because they kind of do some DRM stuff, which is why I switched to GOG, which is actually really cool. Mm-hmm. Actually, I didn't know this, but they're part of the CG Project Red family. Didn't know that. Yeah, they're actually, like, it's owned by the same, like, corporation. So CG Project owns CG Project Red, so they're doing Witcher, Project uh, Cyberpunk 27.7. They own GOG, and their whole thing is, once you purchase it, it's yours, DRM-free. 
So you never have to be logged on. You can log on and update and then log back off, and you never have to be online again to play your game. You can be, but you don't have to, which I like that more. With Steam, you have to be logged in and logged on and all that good jazz, which is cool, but has its own issues. And I understand there's stuff with authentication and all that, but I just prefer to play my games. That's why I stick to consoles mainly. I want to get home, hit a button, go change, brush my teeth, grab some cornbread, sit down with a controller, play my games. I don't have to go through a whole authentication process, but I understand right. it's safety, people hacking. It's a lot easier to hack on consoles. I will predominantly, I'm going to say this here, I have an amazing PC, and it's going to be continually amazing because I'm upgrading just because having a PC is awesome. Just because yeah. it's it's just fun. Like, I'm playing Witcher on PC, and that game looks phenomenal. Like, I'm playing on Ultra Graphics. Hey, bruh, huh? <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, but I just love consoles that's what i grew up on like my first system was a super nes and then a month later i got a uh, nintendo 64 because i visited my dad and then my neighbors had a ps2 so i played that whole bunch played ps1 i've had every xbox console since the xbox original toby had it but i had the 360 i've had the xbox one i had the xbox one elite i've had a ps2 i didn't have a ps3 but you guys did yeah g so i've been in the console space for the last right. 17 no I'm gonna yeah 17 18 years I've been playing games for I'll say I've played games for 20 years and the last 17 18 of them has been on a console and I've loved it I'm gonna stay there forever not that my PC is gonna get ignored because there are games that are exclusive to the PC that I want to experience on that platform Dragon Age I play on console way different experience on PC took me a while to get used to yeah. I actually prefer it on PC now mm-hmm. those big massive world RPGs I feel are if they're done right and they're designed around the PC architecture amazing Do are, are they any less um intriguing on a console no controls are just simpler and Witcher and Dragon Age 3 uh, Inquisition did an amazing job of making sure the UI works well on console and I actually prefer playing the Witcher on because like the whole lift L shift heavy power attack no no that I had cramps for a week, and I finally just moved my hand. <laughs> I was just like, ah, I'm just not going to move, and I just hit shift and attack. So I, there's some games I prefer, like Overwatch, a whole ton of fun on the PC. I'll, just, I'll stick to PS4. Thank you very much. I'll just stick to playing yeah, a game on PS4. PS4. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's amazing on PC. <laughs> looks amazing on PC. Those ultra graphics, oh, my goodness, so good. Those handlings, especially with Soldier 77, Phenomenal. I'll stick to playing on PS4. That's just. That. I feel well, and I feel like that kind of plays in the fact that Overwatch is. You were talking earlier <laughs> about how with consoles, you know, you like it because you can click it on, go walk in, let it boot up, go you know change clothes, whatever, and bam, sit down and go play. You don't have to type in passwords or whatnot. I feel like Overwatch is kind of the game personification of that concept. Mm-hmm. You know, in the best way possible. I mean, I haven't played a ton of it, but just playing what I have of it watching other people play and kind of everything that I've seen where you don't have to level up, you don't have to buy gear, you, you don't have to pick gear unless you want to have, like, a different color or a different look and a different emote, etc. Like, all of, all of the stuff that you earn is fun stuff. Everyone, everyone playing McCree has the same McCree. I mean, well, okay, anyone who's not hacking. That's, yeah. that's a given when we talk about this. If you're if you're hacking, you're terrible. Please don't hack. Cheater's gonna cheat and then get banned. Anyway, yeah, um, that ban hammer is real. I, yeah, I saw something like what a couple thousand people banned from that oh, yeah. game. Oh yeah, they're not. I playing mean, that games. was like 
even Division. Go them. Yeah, Division uh, and Ubisoft, they came out and they were like, yeah, we used to give people a three-time ban before they got a lifetime ban. Now it's a one-strike lifetime ban. If they catch you hacking and it's verified, you get a lifetime IP ban. Woo! Yeah, it's not just a game ban. They ban uh, your IP. I've... Oh. Yeah, so they're not playing games. And see, that's an incentive for everybody else around you to keep you from hacking, too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like Overwatch, it's all... Every character plays the same on every... For every individual player, because there's no way for you to alter how the character plays. Each character plays differently. They're, they don't play the same between characters, but that same character is always going to play the same. It's just down to how good are you. So if you're a noob, you probably want to play some of the noob-friendly ones, and if you're like some of the insane caffeine pump Twitch monkeys, you're probably playing Tracer. Um, <laughs> I mean, which... <sighs> I used to hate Tracer, and then I played Tracer. I get it. Um, I saw on ADHD. I was like, okay, this makes sense. But, dude, it's... Well, trying to track her down when oh, you're fighting yeah. against her is the hardest and you know thing the, ever. You know the funniest part? One of the best characters counter Tracer? McCree. Because that's done. Mm. Yeah, because you stun her and then she's dead. Well, and it's an AoE stun, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's an AoE stun. And then other characters that are actually good, counter the popular belief, Widowmaker, because she has a trap. And Pegleg, what's his name? Junkrat. Ah, uh, trap. Junk, yeah. Mm, uh, I well, hate see, people that use Junkrat. <laughs> well, they, there's no skill. Okay, I, I'm going as I can Uh The last time I played against somebody who had, who had Junkrat, no, I played with them. It takes no skill. We were playing uh, Control, and I don't remember what map it was. I think it might have been Lijong Tower. Either way, um, we were we were leaving our little base or whatever to go control the point, and this dude is in a win- throwing bombs in a window into the into the little area. I go in, and I do my killing, I get killed. I come back five minutes later. This boy is still throwing bombs in there, and I'm like, dude, you're not playing the game. You're just Throwing bombs like, it bothers me. Yeah, bothers me. I I was amused by you guys talking about how like any team that's all one character is probably going to end up being either it's going to end up broken really far one way or the other. (laughs) It's it's still fun though. But yeah, it's I I think I would say that it again it occupies the space of the game itself is designed for. I want to kill twenty minutes. I'll get in a match. Bam. Okay, you're in yeah. a match, you're playing. And, I mean, you may not be as good skill-wise as other people, but... And I, I heard, I think I saw something you guys were talking about. I did see that they're uh, tweaking McCree's, McCree, McCree's I don't know if I've heard if they're tweaking any other characters. Um, and then they're What doing, is her name? Diva? Oh. Yeah, Diva. Yeah. Diva's so, getting a buff, yeah. Okay, well, and see, I had read it, and they were like, we're not sure what to do with her. We yeah. need to do something. No, but, but here's my thing. Um, and again, I, I kind of agree with them, because they're like, she's kind of the perfect intro character. Because she... And I was watching... I was on Twitch um, um, last night, and I was watching this lady who plays on PS4, because um, she was one of my recommended things. Usually at Twitch at night, what I do is I'll pop up all the guys that I like to watch and mm-hmm. keep tabs open and switch between them. Shout out to Alfredo, shout out to Scarfino, McLokin, Yancey, um, all you people are dope. Um, follow him on Twitch. She was she was wrecking shop. She got played a game with Diva. Hmm. Yeah, cause so 
it's two supers. That that character gets two supers. When you're in your suit, you throw your suit out and it explodes. Right. And when you're out of suit, your super is you get a suit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's. I mean, it's to me, her soldier seventy six and Bastion seem like the most. And you guys can counter me if I'm wrong, you know, because again, I haven't played as much as any of you at the table here probably, but, I mean, I guess Bastion's maybe a little bit of a glass cannon, but he's. You shoot bullets really fast. You don't have to arc your shots. You don't have yeah. to lead your shots as much. And he, he's got the the turret mode, which is just a, okay, I shoot things. I mean, that's really easy. Soldier 76 is, hey, you're in a shooter. You know, he's shooter man. But they played it up to where he's got a little bit, you know, he's got a little bit of healing. He's got, you know, a couple damage options. And then he's got the, you know, can't miss visor. And then yeah, Diva is you don't have to reload. Just just hold your trigger down and walk around and shoot things. Yeah. I mean, and she's she's the ultimate second chance character. Oh, your mech is gone. Well, you're still alive. You're okay. You know, and then if you survive long enough, here's your mech again. Yeah. Like you said. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I I I'm excited for things coming to Overwatch, but uh, we think we strayed a little bit from the E3 discussion. We were going to get back to it anyways. There's still a lot to talk about. <laughs> um Let's talk about Ubisoft. Theirs was a little weird. Yes, but the games were solid. The, yeah, the game, the, the conference itself was weird, and they they started off with these two guys, and I'm like, where is Aisha? Please tell me Aisha. Wait, wait, wait. No, they didn't even start off with the two guys. They started with the whole dance crew. No, it started off with two guys, and oh, they went to the dance crew, and then Aisha showed up, and I'm just like. Aisha, please save this conference because these guys have no clue what they're doing. And she, she's like, shows, "Oh, they're French. It's okay. I got this." <laughs> and then the funny thing was, like, uh, not even five minutes into the conference, she drops the f bomb. For those of you who are doing the drinking game, yes, I said it. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. Okay, and if you if you, if you decided to participate in the f bomb drinking contest, you died. You died because I counted close to twenty, and if you can drink that, sir, not in E three in this one presentation. In that one, one presentation, one presentation Ubisoft. Yeah, that was it. And like, okay, so like, if you were doing just humans saying the f bomb, I think you were at like ten. If it was like humans plus in game, because Ubisoft is the mature conference. Mm. Yeah, it was like twenty something. So if you can drink all those shots and still stand and still function as a if you're not movie. drinking shots of cheap beer anyway. Yeah, like send us your email because I want to send you a prize because you are true. <laughs> well, a prize or some information for Alcoholics Anonymous. I mean, there's the I, I could be considered a prize too. Hey, we'll get you a, <laughs> considered a prize. We'll figure. It we'll out. help you out. <laughs> we'll help you. One out. way or the other. We'll figure it out. My biggest things from Ubisoft were the division update was lacking. Um, they didn't say much about it, and they should have because they need to make a push. Because not that that game's dying, but without the content, um, it's losing popularity quickly. Very and, quickly. And um, with Rise of Iron, which actually has me excited to jump back into Destiny, uh, if guys like me who are hardcore division, division, I think I'm probably the most hardcore division player in the room. Um, yeah. I'm probably in the top one percent of division players. Now, I don't want to say that. That's that's over as I'm sure it's, but like probably in the top, let's say fifty percent of division players where I'm actively in the game. Like I'm, I play the game on a daily basis to get the dailies, the weeklies, the, the whole Isaac challenge is done. I run with high level players all the time. So as far as like people who constantly play the game, I feel like I'm 
in the minority because I feel like people just log in, play with their friends, and then get off and things. So, like I'm in I'm in the dark zone for hours at a time, scalping for armor and gear and all that good stuff. So if people like me, which I feel like I'm not the only one, are thinking about getting back to Destiny because Destiny just it looks like it's getting to a place where it's fun again. And that's another thing with The Division. It's so dark and gloomy that it just grinds your soul away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the story-wise, it's phenomenal, but it's just, like, give me something exciting to do a little bit. Because Destiny, I mean, like, they've got this, like, flaming hammer of justice and destruction you can just wield in mission. And then they've got um, gear. I mean, they we're kind of used to the rotation already. This is a separate expansion. It's not included in the season pass. You have to purchase this separately. Pre-order now so you can get that Iron Gallahorn. I'm going to go pre-order the collection's editions because you guys know I'm addicted and it's a problem. But it's fine, you know. There's not a game in anonymous there. So. Have they said what the collector's edition is no, going to have? No, no. Um, Are I'm, you expecting any sort of I'm like not expecting a, or anything? I'm not expecting a big box. What I'm expecting is what they did with um, Taken King. It's a smaller box, a medium box, with some sort of compendium and some sort of physical item. Because if you bought the collector's edition for Taken King, it was a medium-sized box that came with Kate Six's book, and inside is a real-life strange coin. Um, okay. And then there's like mission pamphlets and things like that. So um, it's what you, it's like an eighty-dollar version, not like the hundred and twenty, hundred fifty, two hundred-dollar versions that you would expect from a collector's edition. Gotcha. Um, but, so it's a little more accessible. Yeah, it's a little more accessible. Eighty dollars is um, more than the sixty most people pay for. So most people do they buy the sixty dollar expansion or whatever. And it right. seems like it's gonna have quite a breadth of content to take us through the end of the year. So I'm excited for Rise of Iron, especially because we now know that Lord Saladin is one of us, my people, yeah, with those yeah. naps. Jimmy was. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I watched uh, the trailer. Like the cinematic trailer for that one, so and I'm good. like, oh man. Well, and I'm just thinking, man, Destiny is just completely embracing being straight up science fantasy. Yeah, and like, there's a there's like, a, I mean, there's the dude walking around, and I'm like trying to figure out is so is that supposed to be future armor? Or is this like a flashback to the past? Because he's got just wolves, and they don't have like obvious cybernetics. Wolves are cool, but I know it's in space. So, but then he like puts on the helmet. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's space armor, and then he like just. Suddenly has a is that a hammer or an axe? I'm trying to. Uh, it looked. It looks axe-y. like an axe. It's an axe. It's a flaming axe. He's gonna ask somebody a question. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. That was that was right there. I <laughs> I had to take it. There you go. I had to take it. He's got um, an axe. Yeah, he's got, he's got a couple questions to ask. But fallen. I mean, like I'm watching the little sort of gameplay bits or the I guess in engine pieces rather than the full cinematics, and it just was really struck me. I'm like, man, that aren't all those armors are like. Yeah, we're just going to kind of basically take a... It's like they took a bunch of pictures of, like, future armor and a bunch of pictures of medieval armor and fantasy armor, threw them in a virtual blender and hit, like, puree and took what came out. Yeah, I think someone said, why is there a space pirate carrying around an AK-47 and a Viking helmet? And I was like, that's that's destiny. That's 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 you know, destiny and for you. It seems like they're just completely embracing it, so props to them. It's like there's no I would think there's would be nothing worse than a game or a movie or something like that that like part of it like gets to a certain point like that where it's this kind of weird mishmash and then it's ashamed of it. It's like don't no, just embrace it. Be that. Yeah, and uh yeah, they just Bungie 
has just hit its stride with that game because the people that I watch to still play that game are satisfied, but they are not only are they satisfied, but they're excited again for the new DLC. And so, I mean, I put weight. I really, really wanted to switch over to PS4 because PS4 has the exclusivity. The thing is, the amount of time I have on Xbox is astronomical. I'm almost embarrassed the amount of time I put into Destiny on, mm-hmm. on Xbox One. And so to restart over on the PS4, it actually wouldn't be that bad because then I have ways of make sure you level up quicker. But, like, those experiences are moments you don't get back. Not to mention the majority of my online friends that I play with, I actually know most of them in person that play Destiny, are on the Xbox One. So I'll probably stick to playing Destiny on the Xbox One. Division I can go back and forth on because that's a game that I have plenty of people on both sides of the fences. So is I'll, Division the one slate? Is it one that's slated for the inter-platform play? I know, or is that has that been canceled as a thing, or is that still? <laughs> that's more. Canceled? I think that's gonna be Overwatch. I think Overwatch is the one that's trying Over, to do it. Overwatch. Overwatch is well, because I mean, I got the impression it was like there's gonna be a couple games that are. Like I said, kind of leading the charge. Yeah, and then Overwatch is trying to be one of those. If it works, it goes beyond that. Yeah, Division. The thing about Division, since it's a tactical shooter, um, and a shooter in general, the and it's on PC. That's the biggest thing about mm. it. It's like the PC players would absolutely destroy um, the console players. And since a place like the Dark Zone, where it's already very competitive, because you have gear and gotcha. Loot, that you want to extract if PC players are just constantly dominating the dark zone it's no fun for the console players and they already yeah. have issues that they're still trying to work out from day one within the dark zone so there's yeah, all of that good stuff. I know some of the people who I've heard like around work or whatnot who game who've talked about you know division it's kind of like eh, yeah. you know it came out and like it's to me they focused a little too hard on the team aspects because that game is a little too difficult. I, I enjoy a challenge, but it's almost too difficult playing alone. Yeah. It's, it's just at the point where you got to have a team. And not everyone has a team of two, much less three other people to play with all the time consistently at the same time unless you guys are setting dates. Hey, every hey guys. Right. Between dinner and bedtime, 8 to 9, we get on for an hour. And an hour is not time to do much. In an hour, you can maybe do one bounty and one extraction, you know? So, um, I think they got to rebalance it a little bit. Because Destiny, you can get on Destiny, I burned six hours alone. I was at a 24-hour marathon, and I played Destiny for 19 of the 24 hours. And then more, sometimes I'd hop in multiplayer, and then when people hopped on, we'd hop into skirmishes, then hop out of skirmishes, I'd go play some multiplayer, I'd go do some bounties on my own. Destiny's got it in the right place where single player is fun, multiplayer is fun. They've got story mode stuff that's fun, or like um, PvE stuff that's fun, and they've got a lot of competitive PvE, uh, PvP stuff that's really right. good. It's fun to get to a point where so weapons are really balanced, and it's just a matter of maps, and maps not being well designed, which you can't really take back at this point, and like fixing that aspect but um everything destiny's doing good um but again bouncing around a little bit ubisoft's biggest parts were for me for honor watch dogs 2 watch dogs 2 i wouldn't call an e3 thing because it's like they announced it with ign's a couple days before but like as far as like e3 presentations 
For Honor. For Honor. My looks goodness, really good. that looks amazing. Looks really, really good. I've heard of that one. What's what's the so premise? So For of Honor, that? it's like the premise of this, like, and they kind of explain into the background is like this. There's, there's this Viking tribe, a tribe of samurai, and a, I don't call them tribes, but there's a group three. There's these three groups three that are. Main, yeah. Yeah, and it seems like they're locked in eternal combat, and. For the first time, we were just like, oh, why are they fighting? This time around, they actually gave us the villain. Um, I can't remember her name, but she's the goddess, yeah, goddess of, war. of war. Yeah, she's the goddess of war, and she's just there to create chaos. She was like, and it was like... Because the three are looking for any signs of peace. peace. Yeah, just goes, they're searching for any sign of peace. And like in the trailer, you see them for a swift moment put down their weapons yeah. and try to like... They get to this point like, we've been fighting so long, what are we actually yeah. fighting for? And she's just all about war and chaos, and so she fires an arrow into one of the opponents, and he like breaks the arrow out, pulls it out, and they get to fighting. And then they showed some single player stuff, which looks like there's some sort of decent story mode where the Vikings were raiding the samurai, and that game is brutal and bloody. Reminds me a little bit of Ninja Gaiden, just with like the the, the bloodiness of it. It looks like it's gonna be. It's the new Dynasty Warriors, but a little bit harder. I don't want to call it Dynasty Warriors because people call those games a bit simplistic. This actually has quite a complex battle system, especially yeah. when um, two the way pe- you can even when there's multiple wield people. your weapon and you can shift from holding it yeah, so, overhand. Or yeah, because right it's like there's like there's, so it's yeah. like three battle systems. So it's kind of like the shield based system where you hit the up button and you'll attack in an overhead style. But if they also hit the up the up button. They'll block your overhead style. Now it's kind of like it's a game. Essentially, it's a combat game of chess because you want to counter their attack, but also catch them in an opening. And if you get hit, I was like the the, the again. It was a live demo, and the guy almost died. He really yeah. he, he yeah. almost died because he was playing the Vikings, and um, this was one of the first enemies that approached him. So there's like what I call fodder so there's little enemies that you attack them and they die they you you could literally look at them and they would die they're they're no threat to you except i'm sure if 100 of them gang up on you then you're in trouble but then there's like captains and lieutenants they're more and more progressively harder enemies and then there's a boss um he went up against one of the the first wave of like stronger guys and he almost died because he couldn't counter the he couldn't because the samurai seemed to have Faster speeds than the Vikings, yeah. but the Vikings just have sheer Strong. strength on them. And I'm assuming the knights have better armor than the two of them because they actually physically wear armor. But right. I think like the knights probably going to be the most balanced of the two. Where if you want more speed, you go with the samurai. If you want more brute strength, you go with the Vikings. But like the samurai blocked one of his attacks, like parried his attack and hit him three times, and the guy lost a quarter of his health. He almost like. He was in trouble, and he countered again, and like he almost died. And then he was like, "All right," he kicked the samurai in the chest and buried the axe in his forehead. I was like, "Oh, okay, so yeah, that's how you win. So you can win, <laughs> you can win at the drop of a hat if you know what you're doing. But it also seems like if you mess up, you're gonna die. So For Honor has, to me, is the most interesting thing there. Ghost Recon Wildlands is that looks so nice, very interesting. Looks like an amazing game. I feel like it might fall prey to the same issues Division has. I don't understand, which they've said, you could play the whole game, single player or multiplayer. I get it. They've said the same thing about Division. 
yes, you could play the whole thing single player or multiplayer, but if the whole game is designed around having multiple people there, it's just significantly more difficult and it makes the game less enjoyable. Now they had a team of four and it's like that was like a stage, very staged conversation. Cause if you say if you heard the way they were talking, I was like, no one actually talks like that when playing video games. Like have you ever I was like, have you you guys are game developers. You guys know how people talk. No one says, Alright guys, I'm gonna get up on the roof and wait for my mark. And like, hey I'm on the roof. We shooting what? Yeah. Where I I'm shooting. You guys figure it out. No one actually takes time and physically plans like or like ro- going to roof fire fire when I do something. yeah it's like I mean, going to roof going to roof like, I, was like, I was like people are yelling people are shouting people are drinking people are talking about nothing related to the game the sports how they hate how much they hate LeBron me uh, <laughs> no one's I mean so like I get the fact that you want people to be able to engage in each other's worlds but if you make the game, if you make that one of the pillars of the game, the single player aspect always suffers. And I think more games need to get back to that single player aspect. Um, but, you know, I thought they had a really good conference. The game showed themselves. The worst part of that conference was that game called Swift or whatever. Steep. Steep. That game looks like a walking commercial for a GoPro camera. Cause that, that was just... It was a walking commercial for a GoPro, but it was still interesting to me. What, was was it like a first-person climber game or something? No, snowboarding uh, game. So it was, it was extreme sports. Uh, like the team from, what, Switzerland? Yeah. They based this game on the mountainscape that they're near. So it's like the, all these mountains, so you could do extreme sports. You could... Uh, uh, hang glide, snowboard, ski, or whatever. Um, but it really was walking advertisement for GoPro because GoPro was labeled everywhere. Uh, but okay. it was just a way of like, um, you could race down the hill, beat your friend's time. You could then like review what you've done and post and share. So it really, it was an interactive world, really not with a specific goal in mind. It was. It was a way to maybe see the world without actually having to go there. In mm-hmm. a way, uh, that's kind of how I took Cheaper it. Cheaper than a Swiss trip is what you're saying. Yes, <laughs> much highly. Uh, so that was actually pretty cool. Um, but you could see from third person, or you could see it from the GoPro view. So you could be like on the helmet, first person right. type view. So it was in- it was interesting to me. Um, don't know if I'd get it, but. It looked interesting, though. Yeah, no touching that with the Temple Pole. I'm staying away from that. I got too many other games to play. Um, Getting to these other games, we happy few. Really creepy. Really, really creepy. Okay. um, Reminds me of Bioshock. Uh, I'm excited. uh, The one that creeped me and they didn't show much was Resident Evil 7. Oh, yeah. That, they didn't I even did watch that. That, came, that was, was so creepy. Yeah, because we were watching that in the theater because it was like before Kitchen, and we're like, oh, no, I'm in the theater. We're watching this in the movie theater, mind you, because Sony does this, like, Sony experience it in the movie theater thing. I was like, oh, man, I'm in the movie theater. I'm like, ah, oh, don't go. They're going to kill you if you leave the house. He goes in the kitchen. Why would you don't go in the kitchen? Leave the house. She told you to leave the house. Get in your car and drive away. Nope, he goes in the kitchen. Don't open the pot. He opens the pot. Of course he opens the pot. Um, but like it feels like OG Resident and, Evil, yeah. like and they really didn't even show much. That's the crazy finest. part. Ah, it was so good. like I mean again, I I watched the trailer. I didn't see like the whole presentation, but yeah, the trailer. I'm like, 
I guess I'm used to the Resident Evil games where mostly you're running around shooting zombies and then Yeah, which is like... what we've had since four, technically. Yeah. Well, I mean, even the one, was it two that was set in, like, the police station? Um, I think that was Green. Resident Evil Stars. Okay. That was, like, an offshoot one. Ooh. I don't know, but yeah, I was just like, man, this is, like... This is run away from things, the game, not, you know, shoot zombies, the game. Yeah, and uh, um, supposedly that game is going to be compatible with VR. Um, That's even worse. Why would you do that? That's even worse. You can't pay me to do that. Well, you can. It's going to cost you. (laughs) A lot. It's going to cost you. We'll we'll, we'll negotiate. Yeah, I'm telling you, I get a lawyer. We can work it out. I'll do it. But you got to put a couple, you got to put some respect on my name. Put some zeros on the end of that check. Um... Is the budget going up? But, um, yeah, that game looked... Harkening back to, like, original... Like, in my favorite Resident Evil was Resident Evil 4 because it was the perfect balance of you were strong enough to fight, but if you didn't know what you were doing, you get bodied. Bodied. Five was a joke, and six was even worse. Which one had the weird zombie tentacle T-Rex? Uh, Resident Evil game. There was one that had like a giant dinosaur or something. As it was, was it six? It was, I didn't honestly. I Somebody made I a six. a uh, a parody video that was the that thing comes out and they're playing like the Jurassic Park and it's like holy yeah. it's a it's a dinosaur <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. I was just like, I'm watching this video. I'm like. What meeting? What what happened in the meeting where this got decided? That's exactly. You know, some of these games that make out. I'm like, so you guys sat in a room and decided this was okay to do. How? <laughs> Who said this? Anyway, a lot well, of zombie games. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about um two games. We'll save the biggest game for last. Days Gone looks interesting. I almost thought it was Last of Us Two for a I re- I for a moment thought so too because it really had that vibe of it. Yeah. Um. It's definitely more. And again, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I need something more besides zombies because at this point, I'm like, I've seen... Because there's that, there's what Dead more Rising 4. Yeah, there's Dead Rising 4. We're obviously, well, I don't say we're obviously going to get The Last of Us 2, but there's enough rumors out there supporting the existence of this game. And I'm like, I get that you can tell interesting stories in this setting, but at some point... It's going to get hashed it's over It's oversaturated, over yeah. you know? And like, it's so, all... We get it. An outbreak happens. The government's taking things. Things get burnt down. That's why I like Horizon Zero Dawn. This is post, post, post apocalyptic. Uh, so the apocalypse Zero Dawn looks so good. I know that one. I'm like, you, what? Huh? Yeah. What? What, what happened? Yeah, exactly. What, and where did, what led to this? I, that's what I'm so excited to find out because for the first time we saw her. Um, because technology is obviously in this world. There are machines everywhere. But it almost seems like they're savage computer programmers. Because she takes down this brontosaurus thing. And then she sticks her her, her her staff that is apparently also a lightning rod in its head. And it's a port. She just puts her USB stick in the port. And like her little visor comes out from Dragon Ball Z. And she's hacking it. I'm like... What just what what did just happen? She's she, clearly the chosen hacker. Clearly, and she <laughs> hacks the thing and she rides the thing around. And I was like, I don't know. that's how you. The, get so if if you can hack the totally not robo the totally not brontosaurus robot, my question for this game: What can't you hack? Can you hack and ride 
the robot Tyrannosaurus. That, if you can, that's the only thing I'm doing. That's, that's the <laughs> that's first like, thing. And game wins. Thing game wins. Yeah. Um. So I mean, they did show some story aspects in there. Is there seems to be rival clans, rival villages. Seems to be some sort of. Um, historical. I think she is some sort of chosen one, some sort of destined anything. I think it has something to do with her mom maybe being an originator or something. Yeah, like the trailer because she's, gave that it sense. seems like she's an orphan in the village that she's in, and I think her mom has something to do with being some former leader and knowing something about the corruptors and the corruption of machines and how the machines began to take over and all these things. So being Hot twist, it is her mom. Yeah, right? <laughs> dun, dun, dun! dun. <laughs> um, spoilers, Goddard. Gosh, the game's not even out yet. Why would you, do, why would you say that? Um, <laughs> no, um, so I'm super, super, super excited to find out um, about all that good jazz. Um, all in all, one of the better E3s had in years. One of the better E3s we've had in a long time, and I'm excited because... None of this nonsense about TV and peripherals. We have games. And then, the, to me, two best games. We know nothing about the two. Well, we know a lot about one game. And then we know nothing about the other game. Death Stranding, the Kojima game. Oh, oh. oh Dead Standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Stranding or Standing? Standing. I, I thought it was Stranding. Is it Stranding? It's Stranding. I feel like it's supposed to be something else that sounds way cooler in Japanese and then they translate it to English and they're like, Death Stranding. We're like, yep, we're going to go with that. We're going to go with that. Now, here's the thing. That was an in-engine game. Lord knows when that game is coming out. Secondly, is this the same game with the character that's Kojima symbols? What's the character's name again? Linus? Linus? I don't know. Anyway, so we got... if you see the Kojima symbol, the new Kojima symbol, we got a name for that character. My question is, is whoever, um, what's the guy, the actor's name again? Norman Reedus. Yeah, Norman Reedus. Whoever is Norman Reedus playing, that character, is he the same mechanical armored giant in the game, or is this just another game that they're working on? Because this looks, as someone eloquently stated, in typical Kojima questions, we got a trailer that ended up with more questions than answers. So, <laughs> I mean, because I don't know if you guys remember when they revealed Metal Gear Solid Five. It was the hospital scene. Nobody knew what was going on. <laughs> I think maybe a few people like knew it, but I was like, this is a what? This is huh? How is this what? And then I was like, five. I was like, five what? And then it was like, Metal Gear. I was like, how is this Metal Gear? This has nothing to do with Metal Gear. And of course, it's just Kojima being Kojima. And then you play the opening of the game, and there's Burning Man, and flying whales that are on fire, and a burning hell pegasus. That I kid you not, play the first ten minutes of that game, and then put the game down, and then try and write a thesis paper on it, because I, don't, I still don't know what's going on. <laughs> Which game was that with the flying death whales? Metal Gear Solid Five. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's a real thing that happened. Probably. <laughs> met, I'm. I'm assuming it's all Metal Gears or something. Look, maybe. I don't know. I honestly, I still don't know what's going on with that scene. Granted, I had to put the game down because Witcher ate my life, and it still is. And I started playing Hearthstone this morning. Uh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Anyway, um, the game that probably shocked me the most was Zelda. 
That game looks amazing. Whatever Wii U editions all that they come out with, I'm buying that because that game looks phenomenal. If you the cool thing about it, if you played um, Twilight Princess, your Link Amiibo, Wolf Link Amiibo, you can actually use him as a mount and a character in the game. Wolf Link will be in the game, and he has whatever hearts. However much you've played up in um, Twilight Princess, his hearts transfer over to the New Zelda. But if he dies, he's gone for a real 24 hours, like real life 24 hours. But there's also going to be an amiibo for Link. I'm going to get that just because it's really cool. Um, I'm assuming if you get all the other, like if you have Toon Link and all these other amiibos, I'm assuming it's just going to be unlockables and character skins and stuff like that, which is bad. Because I get, well, I didn't, I didn't willingly give up my addiction to Disney Infinity. The game got canceled. Sad faces. R.I.P. Disney well, Infinity. Your hand got forced before it got canceled. Yeah, yeah, all that. A lot and of stuff. We just happened to find out a week later that, that it got canceled. <laughs> yeah, but now if I have to start buying amiibos, that's a problem. That's a problem. Oh, I'm not. By trying the on. way, we need to check the um, Toys R Us on 157th. Yeah, I heard. I heard they got a bunch of those. Anyway, don't get me started now because that's the problem. <laughs> the problem I don't. I don't want to have right now. Uh. Zelda looks really good. Like, for the first time, I'm excited to play a Zelda game. Because Twilight Princess was cool. I kind of stayed away from Wind Waker. Um, I haven't played Zelda in a long time. So I'm excited to play this because, um, first of all, the cell shading or whatever they're using, the, the game looks gorgeous. It's open world. And, like, not like the Ocarina of Time open world. This is, like, truly open world. You can go anywhere. There's obviously a story. There's obviously a path. But you can explore anything with these these plateaus and then they showed this plateau which was huge it was huge and then they like hey here's the map the plateau is one of the smallest sections of the entire game and I'm just like I don't know how you expect me to have a life when this game comes out Nintendo I don't know what you want me to do with myself uh what was that uh, the name of that um android game that was coming out there was uh what are you talking about it was during the Sony conference I uh, Android game? Um, you're this android and... Oh, Detroit. That's it. That actually kind of looked interesting. Yeah, man. Detroit looks really it good. It looks really, really good. Yeah, those branching possibilities, all those possible endlands, man. That's a problem. I'm going to play it like... I'm going to say my thing. I'm going to play it one time and just live with whatever I get because I'm going to be... I'm the type of guy to like try and get every possible ending. And I'm... If they make that a platinum, I'm going to hate them because I'm going to play that game forever just so I can get every possible ending. Um, but yeah, Detroit, becoming human or being human, whatever the acronym is, looks really, really good. And this, I don't know, because the, last year they showed a different protagonist, and now we got Connor. Um, so I don't know how this is going to go. So I'm really excited to see how this plays out. Can we say how scary or weird this game, what is it, Joy might be? Or is it Joy? Yeah, with the Joy pill. And then... Uh, that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, We Have a Few. Yeah, that was a little weird. I yeah, I, I, I really like that. I, I, I read a description about it in uh, Game Informer, but yeah, it reminds me a little bit about Bioshock. But it's I've read stories that said, oh, it's not going to be a Bioshock. I don't know. It just reminds me, and then Dishonored Two is probably the one that's really like raising a ruckus right now. A lot of people are really liking that game. They've created. Um, not only, like, Dishonored was known for its multiple endings, its branching styles, different styles of play. Now, they've actually said, and this is straight from the mouth of one of the developers of the game. I think it was actually the lead developer of the game. It was like, hey, 
If you don't want to use these powers, you don't have to accept them. This game is fully playable start to finish without killing anybody and without any powers. He's like, we've done it. Uh, which game again? Dishonored 2. Oh, yeah, that's wow. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so the game, you know how so in, in the first game, you get Corvo and you get your powers from the outsider. This is a continuation of that game where you get to play as either Corvo or Emily. I think I'm going to play as Corvo because Corvo's BA. But Emily has some really interesting powers on her hand. And, of course, the game, depending on the character you pick, different contexts, different conversations, different endings even. And then I think there's some endings that just depending on, it doesn't matter which character you play, just the decisions you make, you'll get the same ending. But I'll probably play the game a couple of times just to see, you know, get the different endings and all that stuff, plus to get the platinum. Um, but yeah, I'm actually super interested because I said you can play through the game without killing anybody. Um, you could, they've always done the non-lethal thing, but like, um, you, you can play the entire game without killing anyone. There's multiple decisions you can make. There's, um, I think there, the mission they were playing, you could side with one of these two factions or as they said, they said you could side with either one or kill them both or side with neither. So you've got plenty of options there. Nice. Yeah. And then even that, if you side with one faction, you can, if you make a decision at a certain point, you could piss off the other faction. Um, so there's really, really interesting things going on with Dishonored. And then the last game that has that team building aspect that I'm really excited for is Mafia 3. Like, I'm really, Mafia really, 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 so really, good. Really ah. Like, it is, it is, it is, a that game is a, a, a crock pot of just stuff it's gonna be new bordeaux which is a reimagining of new orleans in the 60s and they're not shying away from what the 60s were this game goes down in 66 or 68 no, um, no, yeah. yeah and this guy lincoln was i think in vietnam or just got back from the vietnam? he was he's he's a military vet so he's yeah. a military vet i think it's vietnam um but he's a military vet experienced um, gets betrayed by the Italian mafia at the time, so he basically builds up this team composed of the character from the second game, who used to run the Italian mob, the black mob, um, one of the ladies who now runs the black mob after they're betrayed, and then the Irish mob. And the game really builds on, hey, you have these lieutenants or capos under you, uh, but they still run their own gangs, so they have people to answer to. And they said they'd work the demo in a specific way um, to show the variety. You can make it through the game with all of them hating you, none of them hating you, just mm. being neutral, or they could all love you. just depends on what you do. Um, I think just depends. I think more than likely, if you play it the way you're supposed to play it, everyone's going to be kind of neutral. Because you could, you could favorite one person or another, and you're going to get more benefits, but that's also going to tick off the other two. So they played it to the way in a way that um, the guy who runs the Irish mob, he basically wasn't given any property, and the guy got so ticked off, he actually betrays you. And now you have to go kill him, and then you just take over all his property. Um, and they did say, yeah, that wouldn't happen for everybody. Yeah, that, they, that they, they really stated from the record. They was like, this, this demo is specifically curated so that not everyone will get this playthrough, but we've done it specifically just to show you how much catering to the members of your gang really means. Um, yeah, but they're not shying away from what the 60s were. Like, there is straight up, there's, like, drug, there's kidnappings, there's brothels, there's literally a section with the KKK burning crosses in the middle of a swamp, and you are playing a black eye in the 60s. 
who's a military vet. So I'm excited just to see, like, if they just... Because, like, a lot of games try to play with racial tension a little bit. Like, there's an N-word here and an N-word there. And then there's some games that just jump off a bridge with it. Um, I think one of the good games that really, like, reflects modern times is GTA V. Because they kind of have the hipster and the techies. And they have... There's a couple of scenes where they portray, like, protest and police brutality and corruption in government. Um... So I think GTA has always been ahead of the curve in that way, but Mafia has always been really good about telling these amazing stories. So I'm really excited to see the story they tell with Lincoln and like how he deals with trying to befriend a member of the Italian mob who has issues with him at the time. But like the way they said it is like none of these guys are your friends, but the enemy of enemy is my friend at the moment. They don't necessarily love you. They there to get what they get. They're also looking out for themselves. Um, so I'm really, really interested in what Mafia 3 has in store. Ah, man. E3 was good. Overall, one of the best E3s in years. But, um, I think it's time we move on to top five. Yep. Cool. Um, so this week, uh, we'll just go ahead and do, in honor of finishing up E3, top five E3, uh, favorite E3 announcements, um, to, to come out. Um, be it teasers or you know live demos or of the things of that such. So, who wants to start off? Oh, before that, I told you nothing about Kingdom Hearts. That game's not coming out this year. I told you. There's I live, tried to tell there's, you. There's a lot. Um, there's there's videos of people playing the live demo of two point eight of two point eight. I'm telling you. They've already said they already said they weren't doing anything on three. I'm telling you, two point eight is not coming out this year. All right, we'll see. I just had to get that. We will see. I just had to get that out of the way. Anyway, um, you want to go first? You guys want to go first? Uh, we'll be shorter since we haven't actually seen it. So yeah, probably. Uh, I can go. I mean, I'm kind of just still looking over some of the stuff that was talked about. I guess so. There's some that stick out, but yeah. So for me. Fifth favorite announcements goes to, I want to say Titanfall 2, because that game looked really good, and I'm super excited nice. for that. Um, four, I'll go ahead and throw that out to Mass Effect and Andromeda. Three, I'll go ahead and give my third favorite announcement, announcement to, 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 to probably God of War. Third, this one's got to be Batman Arkham VR because you get to wear the cow. Yeah, buddy. My first favorite announcement was the announcement of the Slim slash Scorpio just because I always like being on... I always like when they have new consoles because I feel like you get a chance to push the boundaries a little bit more. So, And just the way and the style in which they did it because they did it in like a... It was like, oh, and one more thing. And they went into this whole Apple-like pitch where showing designs of it. Those teraflops, all six teraflops. <laughs> yeah, um, I honestly think Scorpio is going to be, if not for a long time, the most powerful console we've seen. Because I don't... The general public doesn't understand what a teraflop is. Six teraflops? That's a powerful machine. I mean, just, I mean, if we, we can go down the stats, which a lot of people don't care about, but six teraflops alone, that's a beast. But, anyway. You want to go, or I can... I, I sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, 
since John and I haven't actually seen E3, and I, I haven't literally watched any trailers or anything, uh, mine's just going to be kind of list of games and consoles that I either heard about or I'm pretty sure had updates in, in E3. I did not know they were doing Skyrim. I don't know if that was announced there. Yes, but I actually never played Skyrim. Oh, so it's a perfect opportunity for you. Yes. Yeah, because I, I either didn't have the game or I didn't have time or I was like, if I was in school when, I, when a friend gave me a, a digital download for it. I was like, if I play this now, I'm going to get sucked into it because I, I had played Oblivion and from what I understand, this is even bigger and Oblivion took a lot of time but this one I'm like you know I never played it on 360 but this one I think I'll, I won't be able to resist it 100% worth it um, another thing is just hearing about the Scorpio I didn't know that, that was happening I'm, I'm not surprised I guess because PlayStation's doing it but I didn't expect to hear about both that and the Slim at the same time um, so that's really cool uh, I'm going to hold off until the Scorpio comes out unless something happens to my current Xbox. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's not going to be out until next fall. Yeah. You don't need to upgrade yeah, to so it. I'm like, and, ag- and again, I want to stress this. Scorpio is literally future-proofing. If you yeah. don't have a 4K TV, it is an Xbox One. Yeah, which I don't currently. I'm. I think less than 20% of the population has a 4K TV. Yeah, because they're still pretty expensive. The cheapest like, one yeah. I've seen is like... 1300 I think I've seen a few that are like in the eight or 900 range yeah, on yeah, sale at least, yeah. but when that's like the cheapest ones, that, that's kind of... 800 it, bucks for a TV is not a sneeze. 800 bucks for a TV is not a sneeze. Like, yeah. like I, I've seen the price tag for the TV my dad brought. It's outrageous. <laughs> I need to acknowledge, I just need you to know that the price tag on that TV is a little bit outrageous. I saw the box... And, like, I, I never realized it was that high. It's high. Yeah. <laughs> Almost too high. You need to cut it. <laughs> oh, anyway, sorry. Continue. Yeah. Maybe he just wants to be able to count people's nose hairs on the TV. Look, he doesn't even know how to work. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop. Anyway, continue, um, Brian. Another one was, I haven't played it yet, but it sounds really interesting is the Halo Halo Wars 2 demo I have it downloaded but I haven't played it Um, so that's a cool announcement to do and to make it free for everybody Mm -hmm. and accessible to everybody just right then and there I think it's really cool Um, trying to think what else they either announced or had updated trailers for or anything that I'm interested in Um, let's see do they have any new stuff for Battlefield 1? Um, just trailers. Mm, yeah, okay. And it's yeah. kind of the same recycled trailer over and over again. Yeah, they, really they did have that big 61-player multiplayer battle, but other than that, no, nothing new-ish. Okay. I'm trying to think what else is new that was there. Because um, that's only three. Well, I am excited for Dishonored 2. I haven't watched anything for it, but I played the first one. It yeah, was a... and I believe if you pre-order or buy Dishonored mm-hmm. 2, you get Dishonored Definitive Edition for free yep. through a digital code or something like that. I'm not quite sure. Along with a uh, replica mask, a replica ring, yep. art book, steel case cover. That's the collector's edition. That's different. Even if you just pre-order the regular edition, you get Dishonored. Oh, okay. 
Um, For no extra cost? I think it's going to be like a code that's inside the sleeve. Right, yeah. but I'm saying you you pre-order yeah, it, yeah. which has no extra monetary cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was the same with Dark Souls 3. If you did the pre-order of the Day 1 edition, you got... Dark Souls 3 and then a uh, code for Dark Souls 1. Yeah, which, and the which day I one edition. Well, just, I, was, I was opposing this situation to uh, a certain Infinite Warfare game. Which again had, like, that was again a boring part of Call of Duty because it just went on too long. The, the Sony Fletcher Conference, because they came out of VR and they go into it and like, is this VR? Because I mean, as soon as I saw it, like, okay, so this is Call of Duty. And then it there was went, a lot going on in that. Yeah, and they went into the spaceships and they were doing the space battles. And I'm like, this isn't Call of Duty. And I was like, oh, it's, it's Call of Duty, but this isn't what Call of Duty fans like. Which baffles me because every time we talk to Call of Duty fans while I was working at GameStop, they was like, I play Call of Duty because I don't want all that futuristic stuff in my game. For one of them, I play Halo. This is as close to Halo you can get without having Master Chief in it. It's, it's <laughs> pretty darn close. So, I understand why they're straying away from the storyline that made them what they were in the first place. And I understand you want to iterate and make things better, but, like, I've seen some people like, well, looks like I'm buying Battlefield. <laughs> but, you know, that's what it is. Right. Well, I just, I know, I recall you'd gotten a little worked up because there's, like, a you pay a little extra yeah. and you get, like, the remaster. And you get the remaster. Just put it off 20 bucks. Because yeah. 60 bucks gets you Infinite Warfare. 80 bucks gets you Infinite Warfare and... Modern Warfare. But I don't want Infinite Warfare. I just want Modern Warfare. I don't want Infinite right. Warfare. Infinite Warfare is garbage. And the thing that made me even more upset is that they re they reworked the assets so it looks like it looks like they rebuilt the game in the current gen system. So the game looks amazing. There's new new god lighting, new lightning physics, new firing mechanics even. They redid the sound. I'm like, so they didn't just like hit the refresh button on the game. They like went in and reworked the assets. Right. So it looks and feels and plays like a new game. This is what I want. Like, they showed Gillies in the Mist, which is probably the most famous Call of Duty mission ever, just because it's so iconic. It's locked away behind another $20. I'm I'm just not going to pay. I'm yeah, just, that, no, just, that's fair. I just... I've always said, like, I've, I've said, and other people said this, but I reiterate what they said. Vote with your wallet. I don't want this, so I'm not going to pay for it. Right. And more people need to be like, oh, well, it's just an extra 20 bucks. No, it's an extra 20 bucks they're violating you for. Anyway, let me stop before I get on the soapbox. And so it was, that was that three, was four. four. Um, let's see, for the last one, once again, I haven't been keeping up on it, but I'm definitely excited for it. I'm going to get Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, baby. Yes. Look, my yes. Final Fantasy excitement is already peaked. That's why I didn't even mention it at all. It's like the only thing they showed me new was VR, and honestly, that demo was kind of not the best. Like that guy was losing, <laughs> but it's, I'm excited for that game nonetheless. September thirtieth is only a couple days after my birthday, and I'm gonna go hide in a cave and play that game. All right, uh, mine's in no particular order. Um, like every year, I'm excited for FIFA. I'm more excited for this one because it's gonna be a little different. It's definitely well, it's it's experimental there they were reaching the point that i felt like they're really like it was almost like what else could they do uh but now adding that story mode um and it almost feels like you're gonna be involved in it a whole lot more and i'm still trying to figure out like is it going to be like 
preset, so you have to go through things with the way the game tells you. So there are certain moments you're going to hit for sure at those certain points. Yeah, which which is... We talked a little bit about this. I hated the Spike Lee story. No, I didn't hate it, but I didn't think it was good as people... Because basically, he got game. The video game edition. Like, he was like, you get to go to college. You play four games in college. I'm like... Oh, you leave for the... I, I didn't like, want to leave Kansas. I wanted to play four years in Kansas. I wanted to get... I thought when they said, now you get to play in college, I thought, hey, you play your four high school games, and then you actually play a full season in college and get to go to the NCAA tournament. I'm like, what? You know how amazing that would be? No. You play four games in high school and in college. Oh, I'm declaring for the draft. I got annoyed. I got annoyed with that story real quickly. And then the story only lasts for, like, your first year in the NBA. And there's, like, certain moments where certain things go well for you. Like, no matter how well you play in the game, you still are angry for some odd reason, which I hope they don't do. Because it seemed like if he was doing well, he got this nicer apartment in a nicer part of London because, or in a nicer part of Manchester because they portrayed the player playing for Manchester United. So if you do well, it seems like you do well. If you do bad, there were scenes depicting, oh, he's having a bad streak lately. Yeah, yeah, bad, yeah, bad streak being placed out on loan yeah. which actually that's a normal kind of occurrence thing so like I wouldn't be too mad with something like that because yeah. you see a lot of young players yeah. be sent out on loan to develop their skills they're yeah. not going to develop their skills there So, yeah. and I heard they brought in new voice actors for the um, commenting not because the other ones didn't work out well but, like, just so that they could record so much more content instead of them coming in for one month and doing... coming in for a week and doing... All these lines. They were bringing them in constantly. Constantly record lines. I think they came in, like, I think over the, like, six months, four or five times. Nice. To record, like, thousands of lines of, con- like, conversations as far as commentary goes. And that's just commentary. We're not even talking about, like, actual actors that are acting. But it's just commentary. Yeah. So it seems like there's just a whole ton of... Yeah. Like, this could go. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited to see how it goes and, and how that lays out. Um, Skyrim was was huge for me. I love Skyrim and lost a lot of hours playing Skyrim. So Ryan, yes. <laughs> um, so I was happy about that. I'm intrigued about this new Spider-Man game. Yeah, that looks good. I still need to watch that trailer, but mm, that looks his good. costume like looks different. He's got Very like the different. white mm-hmm. symbol, and yeah, I think it's like harking back to one of the original Spider Mans, which I think they're trying to because it's this is Peter Parker. A lot of people are confused, like ah, the boy. It's Peter Parker. Okay, yeah. Miles isn't from Queens. I think Miles is from Brooklyn. Um, not quite sure, which is funny. Where you from, kid? Queens, Brooklyn. Yeah. That was yeah. Yeah, that was one of the best, better parts of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I guess people couldn't see that. I just did the, you know, the you kiss your, the mwah. Yeah, and then at the end scene, I was like, yeah, I got in a fight with this guy from Brooklyn. He, he had a trying, friend. He, he was really huge. <laughs> so great. <clears throat> anyway. Um, so, yeah, so FIFA, Skyrim, Spider-Man. Um, there were there were some nice stuff to come out of there. Um, there there's just so many like really really good choices. I'm actually interested in the Sea of Thieves game. Now that one it, it it's a little in, it's a little interesting. Um you you get online with a group of friends or a group of people and you guys run a ship and you just sail out and see stuff. You hmm. fight against other people on other ships or you know you 
you make crews with them or whatever, but it looked so interesting. It was it was definitely an interactive kind of game and um, graphic wise it was a little more on the simplistic side compared to what we have these days. But it still looked really, really fun that you just So is it a VR game? Uh, no, it really wasn't so much of... They didn't really announce it as a VR game. Uh, it's just a game that you, you get on and, and you just you just play and control your character and, and you go about your business, talk with your other shipmates, you know. And that was what was interesting about it was, like, the, 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 the talking between, you know, back and forth, and there was a lot of talking going on while these people are playing. They're like, hey, the sail's not down. Who's dropping the sail? I'm dropping the sail. Hey, we just took water on. Get the water out. Patch the hole up. Like, it was, it's what you would think it would be like running a, a ship. ship. Yeah. yeah, so that, it looked very, very interesting. It was enticing in that sense that I was like, I might buy this game to kind of really see if it's like that. Um, that's three, right? I'm going to say it. Because there was actually a live demo played it there at Square Enix's table. 2.8. It was there, okay? They might not have put it on stage, but I watched people play it. I was happy about that. I'm going to back God Earth and say it counts. It counts. That game's not coming out this year, bro. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Time will tell. Time bro, will tell. Look, time will tell. Do you tell. know how many games Kingdom Hearts? Look, bro. Look, you need to think. They announced Dragon Quest Builders. It's coming from Japan. And they announced it at a sooner date than Kingdom Hearts. Bro, that game is not coming out this year. And they just, the fact that this, if they would have said December 1st, I'm like, you know what? That's likely that game's coming out. They just said December. Yo, December is not a real thing. Because you know what that means? December 1st to December 31st. You know what that is? That's a placeholder month. It game, like, I worked at GameStop. Anything that has a placeholder month is not real. The only reason, like, GameStop will say that game is coming out December 15th. That is, a, that is a general, that is a super general placeholder day. That game is, if they say December 31st, I know for a fact that game is not coming out this year. Because all they have to do is just fall back one day, and it doesn't count. I, that game is not coming out this year. I'm we'll see, sorry. We'll see. Like, I hate to disappoint you, but that game is not... I'm just... I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. We shall see. This, this is why we... From this point, no more talking about Kingdom Hearts. It's on the ban list. Mm. It is on the ban list. No. If I can't talk about 2K, that game is banned. Because it's not real. No, because we don't talk about 2K because of your rage factor. And this is starting to make me rage. You're irrational about this game. This game is not real. It's not coming out this year. And if it does... <laughs> Then it comes out. I bet five on it. I, I'll take that. You Shay. heard it here first, folks. Five dollar bet. I'll be collecting. So my just money. to clarify, as the witness, the bet, Caleb is saying the game will not come out this year, twenty sixteen. You are if, saying it will no. come out this year. If it comes out first, it doesn't count. The first of January. The first of January. Yeah. Well, yeah. Th- that's that's twenty seventeen. Okay. okay. That's agreed. The the uh, parameters have been set. Ah. Hey, last game. Uh, Final Fantasy fifteen. I'm done. Okay. Um. So I mean, obviously, like I said earlier, I didn't really like sit down and watch through all the actual presentations. So I'm kind of going off of maybe possibly some of the stuff like you know on the internet like Wikipedia or whatnot like this was talked about there this had an <laughs> announcement um, first one 
Uh, I mean, I haven't really played much in this group of games yet, but it looks like they made a pretty big announcement. Uh, yeah, it was at E3. Uh, so uh, the game is WWE 2K17. Um, so obviously, much like FIFA and other games that won't be named at this table, uh, it's just you know one in a series of games they're releasing every year for, in this case, WWE. Um, I've heard pretty good things about 2K16. I think 2K15 was less impressive, but they announced at E3 um, that three, uh, I guess, characters on the roster will be John Cena, uh, the Ultimate Warrior, and then Sasha Banks, who's actually making her debut in a video game, or at least in this particular video game Hmm. series. Sasha Banks, the boss, cousin of Snoop Dogg. Um, so I think it's kind of interesting because that's kind of like a th- almost three eras of wrestlers because Cena's been wrestling for like 15, 16, 17 years. Sasha Banks has been uh, in the main roster for like a year okay, and has been doing you know anything with their brand for just a couple of years. She's still pretty young. She's, she's super popular. Um, and then Ultimate Warrior obviously is from back in the like 80s and 90s and rest his soul he passed away I think it was a couple years ago now so we kind of got like three eras of wrestlers there Um, and it made for some good splash art on the you know promo art you know Hmm. Um, okay but so that's one so I'm kind of interested in that Um, I believe it's on the list here and I think it's where they debut I think E3 is where they debuted the actual gameplay trailer rather than just some screenshots it's uh, Warhammer 40,000 Dawn of War 3 this is one that's like, it's been, like, five years since we had Dawn of War 2, which was super different from Dawn of War 1, which was, like, almost ten years, about ten years ago now. Um, there's a lot of excitement about this one. Like, I watched the gameplay trailer, and I'm like, how did you get inside of my brain and know what I wanted you to put in, in this game? Oh. Uh, so, like, it's, a, it's much more of a return to, instead of, like, controlling a handful of, like, three to five, like, four or five three to five man squad it's much more of a full small army control so like the the stuff i was watching in the trailer you had 30 40 50 soldiers a few vehicles and a couple of giant like kind of mech type units all fighting at the same time on the ground and you've got like your commander unit can call down orbital fire support etc so it looked and it just looked fantastic graphics wise um, and it just just what they're going to have your army capable of and the, the size of the army. That's the big thing. I think a lot of people were complaining about it. it felt like you had not nearly enough forces in the second game compared to the first game. Because uh, in the first game, you could field like 100 soldiers plus vehicles. So on just your side, not counting what everybody else would be feeling. Okay. So you've got... So you go from that to, like, you get maybe 20 guys at most, and it's just a way different feel of a game. So this looks like it's going back to that. Um, Gosh, see, there's a lot that I'm like, well, this looks interesting, so picking, like, five is kind of hard. That For Honor, actually, just kind of looking a little bit at what you guys are describing, actually sounds really interesting, especially if, I think it was you, Caleb, said, like, you think they're going to have samurai or fast... Vikings are strong and knights are kind of a little more armory, but ultimately in the middle. That would be really interesting. Um, now I know you said that the demo was a little rough, but 
the concept of scale bound sounds really yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm still very excited for scale bound. I mean, um, but it, I, it's kind of hitting a lot of my I would like this in a game buttons. Exactly. It's like, here, you get a dragon, and you can ride the dragon eventually, and you get swords, and you have a dragon arm, and you turn into a dragon. Yeah, I mean, dragons. You're you 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 like dragons. Because dragons, exactly. Because <laughs> dragons. Um, yeah, and like. I mean, uh, it's. So I, it's I'm not ready more for, like just I'm the ready presentation to, was a little rough. Yeah, it was more like, so than because they the, did this thing because it's like four player co op, right? So they did this thing, and like, if you know anything about Platinum, they're known for like their otherworldly bosses. So they mm-hmm. had this boss that was 99% of the screen, and like, it was very like calculated. It was like, okay, we're gonna try shooting with arrows. Oh, that does nothing. All right, guys, let's ride our dragons. Our dragons know how to shoot fire. All right, guys, on three, we're gonna shoot fire at this thing. Three, two, oh, oh. no, it's got a thing, thing. Now we have to fly around. Oh, would you check it out? You can control your camera this way, and then you have to attack okay. it. It was a so, very just, the game looks phenomenal. The concept is still very solid in my book. I'm just waiting to see how they execute. But once when, it's game, a, when it's not a terribly scripted presentation. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, well, it said, like, reading it said, like, you know, your dragon breathes fire and stuff. I'm like, if you, but you can change up your dragon's look and stuff. I'm like, if you can change what it breathes, that would be so awesome. I think, like, you can. So, like, with elemental, like, stones. Yeah, that's like what that. I'm saying. So, fire, ice, lightning, acid. Uh, I, I would be good with, like, that, I guess, four options but if you add more hey good you know more power to you and then there was one that i saw did they i don't know i'm not even seeing any pictures or thing but it was e l e x l x did they have any video or anything on that like just what it's what i just read a little bit on here sounds interesting just because it's like kind of a mashup science fantasy type um and then i'm trying to see what else and then i guess kind of paired with that I'll, I'll cheat a little bit. I'll make that the runner-up since there's not much on it. Uh, the fifth one would be Mass Effect Andromeda, okay. especially what you were saying, Caleb, about like the jetpack, and then you can jetpack up and charge, Vanguard charge from the jetpack. I'm like, okay, you know, you have, you had it, to use the meme from uh, Django Unchanged. You had my attention. Now you have my curiosity. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I'm just, I wanted more. Um, I just kind of want everyone to follow the Bethesda model. Go away. Don't tell us anything about the game. Give us a date and when it's coming out. And don't be like, hey, this game's coming out in 2099. No, shut up. I don't care. If it's six months. Six months is perfect. Because we got the six months. We got Fallout Shelter. We waited three months. We got our Fallout 4. We played it. And we're done with it. Now we're getting DLC. Yeah. Which is fair, yeah. I just... But, I mean... Issues of story aside, I love the the progressively, in my opinion, progressively better game play, play yeah. of Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 3. I agree so with that. So it sounds like they're going to be doing what they can to fully harness the capabilities of the Xbox One with this Mass Effect Andromeda game. So, yeah. I mean, again, I think Scalebound sits out as the, it's a new property and it's going to do something at least a little different and new. And so I want to see what it does because, again, dragons. Um... But, yeah. I mean, there's a lot that looks kind of interesting, but those are, I guess, the ones that stick out the most, that there was anything more than this is a game that's happening. Mm-hmm. So. All right. So that wraps up our top five there. Uh, next is Money to Blow. Call me what you want, but you can't call me broke. Money! 
with that chopper and a telescope. All right, um, I'll go ahead and start this, because I didn't buy much. I still need to go back to my comic shop and buy my pool list. I'm broke. I didn't, I didn't even go pick up my comics. Nope. Uh, Bills, basically. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of boring right now, but it's, you know, Bills and around the house necessities type stuff. So. Yeah. I mean, like, I did a bunch of pre-orders, but they were Amazon pre-orders, so I didn't actually technically spend any money, so that doesn't count. Oh, well, there you go then. <laughs> I think pretty much the same thing for me. Like, it's mostly just stuff for the apartment and food for the apartment. <laughs> that was That was about it. There you go. Nice. That was a quick that was kinda, Yeah, that was That was really, really fast. I yeah. expected to go that fast. Cool. All right, um, so real quick, any recommendations before we sign out? Uh, I do have one. Uh, so we actually both just kind of started watching this. We're only like three episodes in, although technically the first episode is like three episodes in one. Uh, it's that new... Voltron series on Netflix, Voltron Legendary yeah, Defender. Three episodes in. I really like it. It's I'm I'd have to like quintuple check, but I, I'm pretty sure it's Western made, so like an American studio made it and such, in the sense of like the plotting and the original voice acting and such. It's not so it's not dubbed, but it looks anime, but it's just like super crisp. Uh, it's just really really good quality okay. animation there's not like weird off model there's that it's that it's that happening. western slash eastern fusion of art yeah because Teen Titans did the same thing it's got a little bit of that yeah. it's a little sharper like it's not quite as sharp as uh, Young Justice animation okay. level wise it's a little more stylized than that but I mean yeah. it's really good really smooth animation really fun action uh, I've already seen what I feel are a couple of shout outs to some other, like, especially mecha anime, which feels kind of inevitable. I mean, Voltron, originally Voltron was one of the first yeah, you know, giant robot shows. It, I can't substantiate this without doing some notable internet research, but it was at least one of, if not the first, have a bunch of robots turn into one bigger robot thing. But, um, I'm really liking just the characters they've given us so far. Uh, just, it's just really fun. Um, it's, I guess the the closest thing to a downside is that the normal episodes are only about twenty ish minutes long. So it's a half hour, quote unquote, half hour episode show, rather than an hour episode show. But I mean, it's on Netflix, so obviously you don't have to worry about commercials. But yeah, it's I really enjoy it. It's really well done. So I'm gonna go ahead and give it a recommendation, despite not having completely finished the series. Fair enough. So I believe the official title is Voltron: Legendary Defender by DreamWorks. So it's made oh, by Dr- yeah, it's made by DreamWorks. DreamWorks. Yeah, DreamWorks Pictures made this. That's so awesome. that makes yeah. a lot more sense. Yeah. All right. You're next. Okay. Um, so I've actually spent the last week, I'm not going to lie and act like I've actually been reading these books, but listening to them, um, the audiobook version of the Witcher series. Um, yeah, that game is just eating my life in a way I did not expect. <laughs> like, especially because they announced Gwent is coming. Oh, my goodness. Matter of fact, scrap everything I just said. Go to 
the Facebook page for The Witcher 3, look up the Gwent codes. They're going to be doing a beta for Xbox One and PC starting in September. Go sign up for that, because that game is... Once that game comes out, everything else gets shelved. Oh, I like it. Oh. I love the promo poster or whatever you want to yeah. call it for that. It's just so funny. It's like... I'm like, wait, is this a serious... That... That... You're like, it's... At a glance, it's like, oh, serious fantasy, and then you look closer, you're like, this isn't entirely serious. Yeah, and the cool part about it, they said, yeah, this is... They're going to be focusing on, like... Yeah, if you've read the books, you're going to understand some of these battles a little bit more. If you get the game, if you play the game and then read the books, you're going to get some context with things that make sense later on. Um, so they're building, they're bringing these battles that you've heard about and referenced all over the world um, to like the single player portion. And they're going to have a competitive portion similar to the Magic and Hearthstone. And right. The thing I love about it is like there aren't too many cards. And I'm sure they're going to be introducing new systems and mechanics and new cards all the time. Like, the base game already. Like, I have, in real life, I have all the cards that they've ever put out. In the game, it's it's very easy to pick up, easy to play. That's that's what I love that's what, that's what, that's what about it. And it's not like, oh, I have a card. You can play as many as you want. You only, have, so you only have the cards you have in your hand, and once you're out, you lose. You have to win three turns. Whoever has the highest number wins. Now it gets more nuanced. Like, this faction... If you're tied, you automatically win. Uh-huh. So you could just so let's say they have eleven and they pass. All you have to do is get to eleven and you get pass and you automatically get the win. Gotcha. So like my favorite tactic to do is depending on the hand I get, I'll lose the first round automatically. I play one card. I don't even play a card. I'll just lose the first round. Or if I have um, like a medic in my hand, I'll play her as my very last card and I'll pass. And so I'll, if I win the first round I'll play her in the second round to get one of my first round cards back into my hand they've said they're going to rework some of the systems so it's a little bit more balanced because as people have said um, even on the harder difficulties because you could change the difficulty of the game and the Gwent players um, even on the harder difficulties there's a certain strategy you can follow once you have all the cards there's a certain yeah you can there's a certain play style especially if you play with the Northern Realm deck Mm. Each deck has their things that they cater to, and the Northern Realm deck is easy because they all play towards siege weapons, and there are certain cards that boost everything by two, as long as you have a Clear Skies in your deck, and your leader abilities, Clear Skies as well, they can never get your siege things down, plus you have medics, you have spies, like, my deck is loaded to, like, I'll put, like, 30 spies on their field, because you get to draw two cards every time. I'll, just put, I'll, I'll give them 30 points worth of action points because I'm losing the round intentionally. I'm drawing cards because once you draw your 10 cards, you can replace it at the start of the round, but you can't draw any more new cards unless you win the round or write special ability. So gotcha. I'm getting too nuanced right now, but yeah, go check out the Witcher Gwent card game. Uh, look up Witcher, Witcher Gwent card game on Google or Facebook.com slash Witcher and then navigate to the Gwent page. You can sign up for the beta now. The beta is going to come out in September for Xbox One and PC. The full game is going to come to Xbox One, PC, and PS4 b So, just be aware. Any recommendations for you? Uh, let's see. For the past few... Oh, yeah, I guess two or three weeks now, uh, I've been watching, actually, based on your recommendation, uh, My Hero Academia. Oh, it's it's so, so good! Yeah. Downside to a new series like that, though, is now I have to wait every week for a new one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 
because I was about to recommend it again. I've been reading. I have reading. Not, I've been holding off on reading for a little while. I'm, I have a couple other series I'm, I'm reading, but I'm also trying to just let it pick up steam so that when I read it and binge it, yeah. I don't get to the same point I am with the anime with that. Yeah, that that whole idea of Easterns depicting the Western world in terms of superhero is quite interesting. Huh. It's quite interesting, but the yeah. stakes are very real. I'm at a point where they are they are real. You're just like, oh, okay. Well, I guess we're going that route. I didn't see that coming, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's very very interesting and it's a good read. It's a solid read. I also suggest reading it, apart from watching it. Because it's one thing to see it happen, but then it's another thing to kind of read it and imagine it happening. And it's a very nice fusion. Very nice fusion. Okay. Uh, and no other recommendations? We're all good? We're all good? We're all recommended out? Were you going to throw one out? No. He was just uh, that, that, was, that was it. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to... No, you're reinforcing I, I said a few weeks ago that I'd be recommending it relatively often. I was Fair not enough. kidding. I think this is the fourth time I've recommended it. I have no new recommendations, just the same things like that, One Piece, etc. Just those kind of things. Fair enough. Alright guys, thanks again for, for joining us on this episode. Uh, we appreciate you guys coming in. It's always, always fun. fun. Um, yeah, it's a good time and we'll, we'll get back on track. We'll get that, we'll get that multiple five. So, uh, guys, if you're joining us uh, for the first time, thanks for listening and and listening to us ramble about E3 today. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter. Officially on Twitter. Oh, we are officially on Twitter. We are officially on Twitter. E-Man Podcast 1. The number, the numeral, 1. So E-Man Podcast 1, that's our Twitter. You can email us at, uh, even more about nothing at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. And even more about nothing, more stuff coming soon. Stay posted. Yes. I have nothing else. Cool. That's it? Cool. I got that. All right. Um, it's my pleasure. Oh, by the way, this episode has been brought to you by a partner of Jouet. Yeah, I was just getting there. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jouet, fashionable geek and gaming clothing for all you geeks and nerds out there. Um, they actually just had a showing at First Fridays. Went really well. Um, keep your eyes posted. For an even more about nothing shirt. I think what we're gonna do is just gonna do a blind drop. We're not gonna tell you when it is, we're just gonna drop it on the Facebook page and start tweeting about it and putting it everywhere. Um, I think we might try to do like a limited run thing, so once the shirts are out, they're out. Um, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, keep your eyes and ears posted. Maybe have a second edition later, a uh, limited run. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll I see. I like that idea. We'll talk about it later. We'll see. We're working things out. Um, and additionally, um, E-Man is growing. We're actually forming a company. Um, so, yeah. Uh, keep your eyes and ears posted for more about that. More content, bigger content, and different avenues and things like that. But, yeah, we're becoming official. I guess we're going to have to get a budget eventually. But So you will become the man. Exactly. Yes. That is the plan. Because that way, the man can't tell you what to do yeah basically yeah so i guess it's kind of an awkward place to drop it but yeah we've been talking about it for a while so i think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna turn this thing into a company and 
start doing more content on all sorts of different things, working out, getting cameras and webcams for Twitch streams and better mics so we can record higher quality stuff, planning out road budgets so we can go places and see things and bring in other guests. Uh, so, yeah, um, we want to give... I personally want to give a huge shout-out to everyone who's been listening and still listening. Again, I don't know why. I don't know why you decided to listen to us, but we appreciate you. We really do. I'm still trying to figure out why some of, some of these episodes get such buzz, and then and then, then, then we fall off the next week. Yeah, look, look, I'm trying. We appreciate you for everything you do for us. This is just us being us. Um, and we just thank you for the opportunity. And that's it. You guys have a good one. Later, guys. Thank <laughs> you.